It's on. Oh, there we go. That's how. That's how you know it's a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Covert Show. We are back. We are set up. We're ready to go. We got the solo show going on for you guys today. JC out. We were working with some scheduling conflicts and trying to give some calls. We were having a bunch of, we were trying to record Wednesday night. We both had some work. Moving the camera just a second. Oopsies. And now we are going for the night solo. If JC calls halfway through the podcast, we'll get him on. But guys, we got episode number 61. We've been off for a couple of weeks here. Just trying to make sure I got the numbers right. So I was scrolling through the phone. But we got, oh, excuse me, episode 61 coming for you guys. And you know what, guys? It's been it's been a hot week. And especially in the NHL, which we will start with. Because we've got some MLB The Show that I am playing. We're doing some Conquest stuff, so I'm waiting to get through some of the NHL stats and make sure I get the lines right so that you guys don't come at me hardcore. I don't know how many of you people are hardcore hockey fans on this podcast. We like to talk about our hockey. We like to go at it and and go. But for some people, the NHL playoffs have been good. For some, they have been bad. If you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, it's gone bad for you so far. You may have beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning and got past the first round for the first time in a while, but you know what? Now you've run into the wall that is the hot streak of the Florida Panthers. That's right. The Panthers beat the Bruins. Wow. And it came down to the wire. It came down to a Game 7, so a 4-3 victory for the Panthers in that series. But the Panthers took off hot where they left off. I mean, they've been storming through. On the road, they've been playing really well able to score a lot of goals. The Panthers at home have also been playing well, and we'll go through a couple of the score lines there that we got. So they started off losing game one of the series, and then they won 6-3 against Boston. Then they went on a two-game skid, and everybody thought it was going to be over for the Panthers. Well, they won one more on the road, one at home, and then the pivotal final game of that series end up winning 4-3. to And, I mean, the Panthers have been just looking on since that second loss of the series and that was two straight home losses so I mean you're looking at a team that's been like okay now we lost two at home we took one on the road can we bounce back some momentum well the Panthers have been I mean it's just been insane Verhetch has been going off as well the Panthers line is just moving like a very well-oiled machine they started off with three straight win against the Maple Leafs 4-2 3-2 3-2 and then they fell last night to the leave or fell the other night I believe it was last night to the leaves, two to one. I have been keeping up with these series, guys. Like I've I've been watching these games, and it's been very very fun to get into hockey, especially when you have a team to root for. I know everybody's gonna come at me like Nick, you're probably a bandwagon. Your team's been in the playoffs. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Yes, it just so happens that I'm actually starting to watch games when they're good and when they're having a having a great run. That's fine. You can call me a bandwagon because I probably am at this point. But at the same time, I have been a Panthers fan for a while, so this is actually very, it's very good for me. So game, or the next game will be tomorrow night, Friday, on May 12th. Maple Leafs, this one's going to be on the road, so we all know that Canada is going to be just up in arms, waiting to see if they can get a win. Coming in fourth in the Atlantic Division, and now being the team that knocked out the Boston Bruins, who was on a historic season and also getting ready to potentially come through and just run a little bit of the NHL playoffs. Well, that didn't happen. 
The Panthers' defense was able to snuff them out. They were killing power plays left and right in the first couple of games of the series. Then Boston got on a roll, and that's the biggest thing. The defense of the Panthers, from what I've watched, has been absolutely insane. The line changes have been great, and they've been able to get their leading scorers out there, able to be moving around the ice very well. So it's been very fun to actually watch hockey and get back into it. So I am having an absolute blast watching the NHL playoffs right now. And then a couple of other games that I've been watching will bounce around to a game that's in action at the moment because these are two teams that, oddly enough, I have been watching a little bit because the games are usually after the Panthers, the Dallas Stars, and the Seattle Kraken. Now, this was this series has been going back and forth. My back and forth, I mean, it's a 2-2 series. and I mean, it has been a battle in this series. The Kraken beat, I believe it was the Avalanche. We'll take a look at the schedule here. Yes, correct. That is the Avalanche. Like I said, I'm not the biggest hockey fan. They kind of started out the same series or same way as the Panthers, um, but flip one, they got one on the road, lost two, and then they took one at home on the road, lost, and then took one back in the pivotal final game against the Avalanche and then against the Stars. They've been having some trouble, and this has been some high-scoring affairs, folks. 5-4 in game one for a victory for Seattle. 4-2 Dallas victory in Game 2. Um, at home in Seattle, you had a 7-2 win, 6-3 loss. That just happened the other night. And currently, as we speak, this game will probably end up going final by the time we're done here. In the third period, the Stars are up 3-2. But this game has been, or this series has been fun to watch as well, just picking up the last half of the games. I mean, it's been physical. Dallas has been playing physical all year, and they've been making it work. Um, so that is definitely one to watch. Game 5 right now, Seattle or Dallas, if they hold on to this, there's 12 minutes left in the period um, and in the match game. You know what I mean. 12 minutes left to go, 3-2. So if Dallas holds on to this, they take that 3-2 lead, and it'll go back to Seattle for a pivotal game number six. And then we'll talk about it after this because we'll bounce back because I know that this is going to be a very touchy subject, so I really wanted to hear JC's opinion on this. So I've been trying to call him all night. Um We'll probably end up hearing his opinion on it uh, later on next week or if he hops on later in the night. But the Edmonton Edmonton Oilers uh, take a game last night against the Vegas Golden Knights 4-1. to one. That series is now tied 2-2. Two to two. The Golden Knights have been battling their way through the playoffs as well. But the Edmonton Oilers, if my mouse would like to work, Edmonton was rolling with the Kings. They lost game one, won game two, lost game two, or game three, and then four, five, and six end up just sweeping them out for that one. Uh, the Oilers have been playing great as well. They ended up closing out the series just on an absolute tear, winning one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of their last regular season games coming into the playoffs. They kept that winning streak, and then they ended up losing it, but then they got back on the horse. The Vegas Golden Knights. I haven't been watching a lot of this game. My buddy Kenny has been to a couple of games in the playoffs, but, I mean, the Golden Knights have been still looking through themselves. Um, and this is the fun part about hockey. you got two expansion teams now in the playoffs. Seattle's in the playoffs for the first time since the expansion started with them. Um, but Vegas has been constantly in the playoffs. They ended up taking out the Winnipeg Jets, just sweeping through that after a game one loss, and then they went in. The game one loss was ugly, folks. I watched a little bit of that. It was 5-1. to one. I went to bed after the first period because it was just getting getting tough. Kenny will definitely have a couple of opinions on that, and he has voiced them. Uh, they played sloppy in game one. You had your captain coming back straight after being gone for so many games, and he just looked tired. And now you have Vegas kind of 
back on their road, but the Oilers have been giving them fits. 6-4 in Game 1, five, or 6-4 win for the Knights in Game 1, 5-1 loss in Game 2, 5-1 victory in Game number 3, and then now it is 4-1 in favor of the Oilers, or it was 4-1, so this next game will be tomorrow night as well. You can catch both the Panthers and the Knights on TNT tomorrow on Friday. Hopefully this goes out tomorrow, but otherwise, folks, we're getting to the nitty-gritty here because this is not something that you love to see. Uh, one member of our podcast really, 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 really did not like to see this because he was hyped, or he was hyped up because the Panthers beat the Bruins, and that was on his – that was not on anybody's radar – but that was on the radar for the Devils. If that happened, then you might have an easy shot. Well, the Carolina Hurricanes said, no, 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 no. Uh, Carolina ends up winning the series 4-1. to one. The Hurricanes playing outstanding offense. The Devils took the L the other night 3-2, to two, or tonight 3-2, to two, excuse me. And that game was in overtime. So, I mean, the Devils played great throughout the season, but once again, coming short up in the playoffs. And like I said, I've been waiting to see what JC's reaction to this would be, especially after I found out the final score tonight. Um, so far, like I said, not able to get him on the podcast, but I mean, still, I mean, this is tough for Devils fans. For Hurricane fans, I mean, they're the Hurricanes were, I, I wouldn't say favorites. They were definitely underdogs coming into this one. But I mean, the Islanders... Also playing good at the end of the year, but Carolina takes care of them. Back to back wins in game one and two, loss in game three, win in game four, loss in five, won the series outright in six. Come into the Devils, they get back to back victory, or they got a three game winning streak coming in with two games um, at home against the Devils. Win game one, win game two, and then they go uh, loss eight four. So it looked like New Jersey was going to turn it around. Well, not the case. They ended up taking. The series away from the Devils, 6-1, and then 3-2. So Carolina moves on to the playoffs. So far, they are the only team that's actually moved on, which is funny to think about because, I mean, the NHL playoffs for the second round have been going on for a few days, and nobody's really got a bigger hold. The Panthers could be able to do it. They were almost able to do it last night, just came up a little bit short. That's fine. You're going to have a blunder once you get on a hot streak, but hopefully nothing slips up in this game or in this series doesn't go 7 for me, the Panthers play the Maple Leafs tomorrow night. The Oilers play the Golden Knights as well. And then on Saturday, we should have um, the next game for the Dallas Stars and the Kraken. Carolina awaiting the winner for that one to move on to the Stanley Cup because that would be the semifinal round. Um, and so Dallas, like I said, winning 3-2 to two right now. Been a very physical series, so it'll be fun to see who comes out of that one. If needed on Sunday, Panthers, Leafs, Oilers, Knights. Now, here's my thing. As a Panther fan, I am now scared to see that the Devils just got completely rocked by the <laughs> rocked by the Hurricanes. Wow, that pun! I don't I don't think JC will like that, but I'm going to make a cut here at 11. Uh, rocked him like a hurricane. Now, if I'm if I'm a Panthers fan, which I am, I'm going to be a little bit scared of this because here's the bad thing: you have a team run through a big power team like the Devils, and especially as good as their goalie was this year and as good as their defense was playing on the road, you get a team like Carolina who won at home, won on the road. I mean, we talked about it um, in episode 60 a couple weeks ago. Winning on the road is huge in the NHL playoffs because that takes down a lot of teams' momentum, and that was the biggest thing that Florida did was win game two on the road. That gave them a little bit of momentum, and then 
They ended up coming back after two home losses. Jersey not able to do that. The Knights have been playing good at home. Um, on the road, they've been a little bit shaky. But then take away the Maple Leafs. I mean, in this series so far on the road, Maple Leafs have not been playing great. Uh, looking at their schedule from when they played Tampa, though, um, they got two big wins on the road, and they actually closed out on that third win on the road. So three road wins in that series for um, Toronto, which is odd, oddly funny because you win, you lose one at home and you get booed off the ice in a seven four final after the first or a seven three final after the first period, and now you're coming in winning on the road, and then you lose two at home to Florida, lose one on the road, pick one up on a win. So now they have a home field advantage. Let's see what they do after a after a little bit of momentum. Yeah, momentum shift. Holy shit. Can I talk? No, I don't think so. 11-18, finally getting, yeah, that'll, that'll work. Finally getting back into it here. Um, so, I mean, the NHL playoffs still heating up. We'll have a lot to talk about once JC gets back on the podcast because, I mean, that's going to be the fun part to talk about. Not for him, but it is going to be fun to see what his opinion is on both Jersey being down or Florida still being in. So we'll have to see what goes there. For for that, for the NHL, that's kind of all I got. Quick segment. I don't have a lot of big statistics. I've been just kind of looking at seeing where where teams have been, and I've been keeping up with it, which is great for me, like I said. I love hockey. It's fun to watch, especially going to games. Sitting down and watching it has never been a forte of mine, and now it's finally kind of coming in. I've been keeping up with the Panthers a lot for the playoffs, which, like I said, if you guys want to call me a bandwagon, go for it. I'm fine with it. You can you can call me on that long, or call me all day long on that. So, but moving on to a different subject here, we're going to talk some NFL for a little bit here, and it's not going to be much because the NFL draft already happened. It happened at the end of April. Everybody knows that. Um, schedules have just been released today for the regular season. I'll go through the Broncos breakdown here of what I think will happen if I can, you know, uh, bada bing, bada boom, bada boom figure this out. I'm sorry for being a little bit weird. I'm a little tired today. Had a couple of baseball lessons later or earlier in the evening and then we've just been going through. But so far for the regular season for the Broncos, this is going to be where it shakes up here. So we got the Raiders in game 1 at home. We got the Commanders in game 2 at home. Then you got Dolphins and Bears back-to-back road games. Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Now this is the big thing I kind of wanted to talk about here. I'll break it down after this because they'll have the Jets and Aaron Rodgers at home, Chiefs on the road, the Packers, Chiefs at home back-to-back. They've got the Bills, Vikings, Browns, Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers once again, and then the Raiders to close it out uh, for the year. So that's kind of been the biggest thing. But here we go. The Aaron Rodgers debate. It's, it is what it is, folks. Aaron Rodgers, gone. Bald Alan Lazard went to the Jets, so I mean that's that's a huge thing. Now, Zach Wilson released a couple of statements earlier, like way, way, way earlier, that said if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets, I'm gonna make practice life for him absolutely miserable. Kid, you got another thing coming. You may be slaying MILFs, but dude, you ain't gonna be slaying the giant Aaron Rodgers. He is now coming for your job, coming for your head. And also think about it. Um uh, let's see. He is coming with more experience than you have in your pinky toe than anything else. Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets. He's looking to try to turn this around, and here's the big kicker. He now has another running back that's not as good as Aaron Jones was, but now you take a look at it, Brees Hall, which he could be. 
Brees Hall could definitely be better than Aaron Jones when it comes to how they play him. The bad thing is, is Brees Hall is coming off an ACL injury from last year, so now is he going to be 100% stable to play? More than likely at this time of season, 100%, I believe this. Now, you're coming at, you're coming at a little bit of the receiving core that's a little bit lacking, but also at the same time, the second half of that whole entire season, you had Randall Cobb, uh, you had Lazard, I mean, you had a couple of rookie receivers as well. I mean, you're taking Aaron Rodgers, giving him a little bit of a more experienced team here and still not that good when it comes to the Jets, and you're going to try to give him a turnaround. Well, also, here's the other kicker. He's following exactly in Brett Favre's footsteps. Now, is it going to go as far to say, will he go to the Vikings? We don't know that. We don't know that for sure. Could he? I think there is a possibility, but... Basically put up the same numbers, same career as Brett Favre. Both of them won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. Both of them played for 13 to 14 seasons, won multiple NFC title or NFC, yeah, NFC titles, NFC North titles. Um, so, I mean, take it how it is. You're you're really looking at what's the Jets' offense going to be able to do, and can that defense hold? So. Looking at the draft class from this year, you really didn't have a massive amount of quarterbacks. This was definitely going to be a defensive to offensive lineman specialty draft. Which for some teams, it was definitely good to see. But number one overall pick to Carolina was Bryce Young from Alabama. Um, Good luck at Carolina. You have fun. We saw a rookie quarterback get taken to Carolina in the from the SEC and Cam Newton. Um, we know how that went. At least I think Bryce Young will jump on a football. I don't know. We're we're poking at it. But you had two quarterbacks go top two in the draft. Excuse me. You had Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. C.J. went to the Houston Texans. This could be interesting for Houston. C.J. Stroud is a very dynamic quarterback, able to run the ball, has a fantastic arm, accuracy is there, but now you get put on a team that doesn't have as doesn't have a lot of weapons. You put him on a team that doesn't really have the best line. How is he going to be able to scramble? Is he going to be able to do it like he did at Ohio State? Is he going to be able to put the ball downfield as accurately as he did at Ohio State? That's going to be the main question. So, it'll be interesting to see how C.J. Stroud plays in a couple of play, er, preseason games. Um, going through, we'll go through the top ten here. Will Anderson Jr. out of out, or, good Lord, I'm going to make sure that I get this right because it just is, yeah, Will Anderson Jr., I got it right. Um, went, for, or went third to the Houston Texans as they traded up. Uh, the outside linebacker out of Alabama. And then um, Richardson, the QB from Florida, who I think this could be great. Anthony Richardson from Florida was outstanding. Granted, did he have the best deep ball accuracy? Absolutely not. But also, when you're playing at Florida, and he had the back-to-back seasons that he did, I mean, I'm personally at Florida. I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely looking at this pick. Last season's ratings, um, he had a one uh, one thirty-one rating as a QB. He had twenty-five hundred yards passing, and then he had that doesn't seem right. Why does that that doesn't seem right? I don't get that. But seventeen yard or seventeen touchdowns on the year for Anthony Richardson. But um, the year prior to that, Anthony Richardson lit up the boards, and that's why his draft stock went up so high. Um, 
I think coming out of Florida, when you play a tough SEC schedule like that, I think you're going to be ready. But for the Colts, though, you had Sam Ellinger as a draft pick. You had Matt, uh, you had Matt Ryan sitting at QB as well. But the Colts, ever since uh, Andrew Luck left, they really haven't had a bet uh, a good quarterback to be able to get them anywhere. They've been really sitting bad um, in their division, so it should be interesting to see how Richardson does if they're going to start him or if they're going to keep Ellinger because you got two two good quarterbacks that are able to. Use their feet. You've got Sam Ellinger, who, in my opinion, a little bit better of a deep ball specialist. But at the same time, Richardson a little bit quicker. And with that SEC schedule, could have a little bit of, a, of an upstead. Um, then you got Seattle, who Seattle ended up taking a corner after the end of the first round. You had Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. He went there. He had 28 tackles last year. Uh, going to Arizona, you had Paris Johnson Jr., who was an outside tackle out of Ohio State. First defensive end taken was Trey Wilson out of Texas Tech. That was definitely a good pick for the Raiders. They need some a little bit more defensive help. Uh, going now through to Atlanta, their first pick out of the round. They were in round eight. They had uh, Bijan Robinson out of Texas. Now, I think for Atlanta, Bijan, definitely a great, 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 great pick. For Atlanta, they need a run game, and they need it bad. And Bijan Robinson is an absolute unit. Leveled people at Texas, even with as kind of shaky as that offensive line was in that offensive scheme. Bijan Robinson, the last two years, definitely the best running back in, the, in college football. Um, so he def, he was definitely a good pick to take there. Jalen Carter for Georgia, going to a team that does not need defensive help. But he went there, went to... The Super Bowl champ, Philadelphia Eagles. And folks, Philadelphia just got a whole lot meaner. Jalen Carter is an absolute dog, and that's no pun intended there. Coming out of Georgia, Jalen Carter is going to light some people up as we're going to start this conquest showdown moment because I'm playing some Team Affinity, trying to get some players. Uh, if you are an MLB The Show fan, the First, the first set guys, they're about done. They've got like two days left, so my entire team is going to probably end up hitting the hitting the showers, and I can't play them. So I got to get more players. But Jalen Carter for Georgia was an absolute terror in the SEC. Um, he made that entire TCU team uh, and Max Duggan scared. He was definitely not a good help uh, for Max Duggan's chances. So Jalen Carter goes to the Eagles, and then uh, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Out the outside tackle, so that should be good for the Bears getting a little bit of help. Um, kind of moving down a little bit more of some, just some guys. I'll turn my TV down because I know that's probably going to end up getting in the in the mic here. As I'll take a quick pause, real real fast, going through some other major major picks here from the first round. Um, for all you Iowa Iowa fans, Luke Vaness, the defensive end, he went to the Green Bay Packers. So if Packers fans, you get another Iowa boy there. Going from the Jets, they're basically they've got three Iowa State players now. They took Will or Will McDonald, um, big outside linebacker for them. So that should be good. Jack Campbell from Iowa, he went to the Detroit Lions. So the Lions getting a little bit of help. Uh, Quentin Johnston, this was going to be a big receiver because this is where. Offensively this year, if you're going to get get weapons, you were going to get it on the wide receiving front. Um, Jackson Smith Jigba went first out of Ohio State to Seattle. So you got DK Metcalf, and now you have um, 
Divine or you've got Jackson Smith Ajigba. That's going to be insane because Ajigba is definitely he's a very athletic human being. Um, got very good closing speed on the ball. You can put him in the slot. You can put him outside. I think Ajigba is going to fit in very well with the scheme that Seattle wants to run. Um, Quentin Johnston out of TCU. This was going to be a big question of where would he go? Was he going to be the first wide receiver off the board or not? Um, Johnston's got a lot of closing speed. He's the biggest deep ball threat, I think, in the draft personally. Um, Max Duggan also helped him with the accuracy that he had. He now went to the Chargers. So the AFC uh, West Division definitely going to be a major threat there. Um, I think I got that wrong. Don't. Just don't question him. Um, the AFC is definitely going to be a little bit little bit better on their wide receiving core. And then also Zay Flowers out of Boston College was the third wide receiver picked. And then Jordan Addison from uh, USC, another great pick for the wide receiver core coming off of that draft. And, I mean, that's pretty much when it comes down to it. Those were some of the biggest threats that you had to take. Also from Kansas State, if anybody's a Kansas State fan, you had Felix Anandig Azuma. I think that's like the second time I've ever said his name. But for defensive end for Kansas State, he made the Big 12 his home on the defensive line. So there you go. That kind of rounds out some of the major picks of the NFL draft. The Broncos didn't turn out too bad when it came to the NFL draft. We'll take a look and see who our picks were, and then we'll go through the Bears as well. Uh, Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. That's a big pickup. Give Russell Wilson a couple more weapons. Add to that Jerry Judy. And DeMar Hamlin special as well. Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. He got an inside linebacker. Took an Iowa guy as well. And Riley Moss as a cornerback. Def- or the defense in the secondary getting a couple of big picks here as we got a cornerback. Um, we took the center out of Oregon as well. And Alex Forsyth, which is huge. We need somebody to be, to be able to block up front. And then finally, you had uh, J.L. Skinner from Boise State. So the Broncos able to get a little bit of help there. Hopping over to the Bears. Darnell Wright was the first pick for the Bears out of Tennessee. That's a great pick for for the Bears, giving a little bit more protection to Justin Fields, who now could potentially be the owner of the NFC North. We will see. Their trouble with the Jets and Brett Favre is over, but we'll have to take a look at the schedule here just to see how much it's over. Moving down the line, the Bears got a lot of picks this year. You had uh, Gorvin Dexter out of Florida, uh, Tariq Stevenson out of Miami, who was also a very good corner. He went in the second round. Um, Miami definitely hopping in and out of the top 25 for college football. That should be interesting to see where he fits in. Uh, Zach Pickens from South Carolina. You had uh, Rashawn Johnson from Texas, another running back that is very, very good at Texas. He split time with B. John Robinson. He's definitely a little bit more of your speed back when uh, B. John was definitely your power back. So Rashawn Johnson should be able to help the run game there. Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, Noah Swell out of Oregon, Terrell Smith, Travis Bell, and Kendall Williamson were the roundout picks for the Chicago Bears. We'll try to take a look here at the Bears' schedule if we can because we'll have to see if they're done with Brett Favre for this year. Or Brett Favre, wow, that's sad. Um, Brett, or Aaron Rodgers. And it looks like they are. No games against the JETS, 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 Jets. They open up the series or open up the season against the Packers. That's going to be at home at Soldier Field, so that should be very interesting to see. Now, let's hop into something I definitely know a little bit better, even though I do follow up with the NFL and the draft class. I wasn't that impressed with the draft this year. Um, to be quite honest. Not a lot of not a lot of major 
skill players went in this draft. Like I said, definitely a very, very heavy offensive and defensive draft. And as I hop into MLB The Show, we got Joe Carter, the former Blue Jay, leading us off here. I have to score two runs in 10 outs. If anybody doesn't know how showdowns work, they're a pain in the ass, folks. Oh, I didn't mean to steal. Don't. Yep, I got him picked off. Well, now I don't have any run, anybody running on base. That sucks. Basically, how showdowns go in the MLB, um, you have to try to score a certain amount of runs and a certain amount of outs and then face a final boss. So basically, you're trying to get as many runs as possible because every time you win a moment in the showdown, you get runs added to your total for the final the final boss. So I think I'm at like seven runs out of 16 that I need or 20, close to that. I let that slider just go. Wow. I got that late on the barrel. But we are playing the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, or I currently am. Joe Carter, that's going to be a bomb, and we are tied at one-to-one. Hell freaking yeah. So, like I said, we're playing the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Not a good team for me to be playing at the moment because you know why? In real life, Tampa Bay, and is Adley Rushman going to get that down? Nope, it's going to be an out. Tampa Bay is ruling, ruling the MLB. They're off to one of the hottest starts in baseball history, and I mean, it is absolutely insane. Rafael Devers, I hit very well with Rafael Devers right now because he has won three games for me off home runs. But if you're looking at Tampa Bay, and you're a race fan, holy shit, you guys are storming. 30-9, and nine. you're on a one-game win streak now back to it. At home, you're 19-3. and three. On the road, you're 11-6. and six. But you are now leading the American League East by a whopping five games. And we talked about it. It's still definitely early. There's been 39 games played. So here's the, here's the major factor. The, ML, or the American League East is definitely, it, it's in a nail-biter after that. Who do we want to pick here after I win that? Let's go... We're going to take a DH. I need somebody else backing up at DH, even though I probably should have took somebody at first base. No, I don't need a fucking thing. Boost with no runners on base. All right, here we go. I'm just going to keep those. Manage the squad here. Sorry, I'm getting into it, trying to figure it out. But moving to the last one, who do we got in this one? We are playing the Nationals. Perfect. If you're looking at the American League East, the Baltimore Orioles are second. Excuse me. You heard it right. Baltimore Orioles on a two-game win streak. They are second in the American League East. They're 24-13, and and this was the big thing. Their young lineup and the talent that they had closing out the year after calling up Gunnar Henderson. Adley Rutschman was up there. You had Cedric Mullins, Cedric Mullins to the mix. Um, they're, they're a deadly offense. They're five games behind the, behind the Rays. Oh, my gosh. The camera shut off. Got to make sure it's back on. We are back on. But you have the Baltimore Orioles. They are second in the American League East, like I said. They're five games back, which when you're facing a team who's 30-9, and nine, yeah, you're going to be back behind. The Boston Red Sox, after starting off the season very, 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 very poorly, they're ending up hopping up in the American League East standings. They're 22-16. and 16. They're seven and a half games back. The Blue Jays sitting at 21-16, and 16, eight games back. The Yankees this year. Wow, sitting at the bottom of the pack in the American League East. But here's the thing. All teams in the American League East above 500 because the Yankees are 21 and 18, nine games back. But they're on a two-game skid. Or they're on a game skid. The Blue Jays are on a two-game skid. 
the American League East is just on a tear right now. And that's something that's crazy to see because normally it's a dogfight towards the end of the year. Folks, this is going to be... This is going to be a dogfight the entire year. That ball is going to drop. I'm going to get a run. We're going to send him to second. Joe Carter is going to stay at first. We now have a tie game, and we can win this game in one hit. The American League East is going to be a dogfight the entire year, and that's what makes it fun because this is one of the toughest divisions of baseball, like we've always talked about. And now, especially when you have the Orioles doing exactly what we said they potentially could do this year and start heating up as they left off last year, all right. Cool. I'm all for it. I want some fireworks going on here. Raphael Devers up to the plate. Can we get a just nuke nuke? The answer is, uh, well, we're going to get a double that's going to score a run here. Oh, I got to score two. We're going to send him home. Devers is just going to go to third. We're going to get, we got it. Let's go. Yeah, the American League East, folks, definitely going to be a race to watch. The American League Central now will hop into this here. 21 and 17. The first team in the division is the Minnesota Twins, which I think everybody saw this coming. It was definitely going to be a wild card to see who was going to be kind of hopping in and out. I think that the Twins being as at the top was definitely probably where everybody was thinking it was going to start. Um, so Twins are sitting up there. They're on a two-game win streak right now. The Detroit Tigers. Who would have thunk this? Detroit Tigers are 17 and 19. They're three three games back. You got the Cleveland Guardians at 17 and 20. They're three and a half games back. White Sox at eight and a half games back, 13 and 26. And then the Kansas City Royals sitting at the bottom of the barrel, but not the last team in baseball. Once again, sitting at the bottom of the barrel. I still can't get over how bad this is. They're on a two game win streak right here. I thought I picked my draft guy. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, Kansas City Royals are 12 and 27. So take that for what you will as a Kansas City Royals fan. It's hard being one sometimes since the playoffs back in 2015 and winning the World Series. Uh, it's tough. It's a challenge. So moving on to the AL West. This, this is strange. Texas Rangers, 23 and 14. They're leading the top. They're on a two game win streak of the AL West. The Angels, 20 and 18. Above 500 and sticking in contention, three and a half games back. Still early in the season, but Shohei Otani and Mike Trout potentially could have a wild card spot. It could be there. Houston Astros sitting at 19 and 18 at uh, four games back. They're on a two game win streak as well. Seattle Mariners are sitting kind of at the back of the pack um, as well. I was going to make a note of a couple of other clips to cut, but you know what? We're just going to run it. We'll figure out where we're going to go. Um, Seattle Mariners at 18 and 19. After the year that they had last year, Seattle got shut is getting shut down at the moment. Their offense not as hot. Um, run production is definitely a little bit lower than expected. Coming out of this year, we're facing Sandy Alcantara. In the final boss battle, folks, it's time to get some seriousness because we need we need three runs to tie it. I need four to win it here in 20 outs. Alan Contra, not an arm that I want to face for that. But the Oakland A's sitting at the bottom of the barrel there at 8-31. and 31. Worst team in baseball, 16 games back. Uh, Oakland moving to Las Vegas. So Las Vegas getting even more teams that they need. Uh, you got the Raiders... You got the Knights, and now you have the A's. So 
Oakland is moving officially. And I'm going to finish the beer. And we're going to go for beer number two of the show. As Adley Rutschman steps to the plate. I hit this ball on the screws straight to the first baseman. Like, just cracked it open, put it down, hit it right to the first baseman. Do you know how disappointing that is? Rafael Devers, that ball's going to bounce off the glove. And we're safe. That's disappointing. Uh, that is incredibly disappointing. Ronald Acuna Jr., we need you, buddy. Oh, Acuna. Big, big fly. Big, big fly. You bet. 16-15. So, like I said before, we'll take a pause here as we kind of go through the rest of the standings here. Uh, Oakland moving. That's tough for Oakland fans because they've been sitting at the Coliseum, and I saw a clip, I think it was back in like 20, 2015 or 16, one of the last times the A's were in the playoffs, which wasn't that far. It wasn't that long ago. The Coliseum was sold out, and now they can't even get people to go to the damn games. And this still begs the question, how do you have teams that get this bad? Like, where does it start? Where does it go? I I just I don't get it sometimes. you got so much talent in the farm system, you can't pull it up. I understand that salary caps are a big thing. I understand that you may not have the talent that everybody else does and the money to buy it. But still, you've got enough talent there. You can't put together a winning team. The money ball process was the biggest thing for you guys, and now you guys... You need another one. You need a rebuild. Can it happen again? I don't know. So, moving to the National League, the Atlanta Braves are sitting second in baseball. They're on a one-game skid, 25-12, uh, and 12, sitting second in the power rankings. But the Miami Marlins, and this again, the National League now starts going down the, down the grinder. Not the best division. Will they win a World Series? They can. But everybody's going to hate on the National League. The Miami Marlins sitting at an even 19 and 19, six and a half games back. The Phillies 18 and nine or 18 and 19. Bryce Harper now officially back with the Phillies after his Tommy John injury. Or uh, yeah, Tommy John. This was funny. Bryce Harper recovered faster for from his Tommy John than it took for the ace starter to get a lot or to get another win. That is why you're moving to Las Vegas. Now. Philadelphia Phillies sitting at 18 and 19, seven games back. The Mets are sitting at seven and a half games back at 18 and 20. The Nationals are sitting at 16 and 21, nine games back. Going to the NL Central. Actually, you know what? We'll skip the NL Central because we'll talk about this in a second. Going to the NL West. The Dodgers sitting at the top of the West at 23 and 15. They're on a two-game win streak as well. The Diamondbacks are sitting at 20 and 17, and we've talked about this before. Corbin Carroll and the Arizona Diamondbacks are getting some shit done. Two and a half games back there. Padres are sitting at 19 and 19, four games back. Giants at six back. They're 16 and 20. And then 16 and 22 are the Colorado Rockies. If you're a Cubs fan and you are a Rockies fan, you like Chris Bryant. Well, if you do, he just got his thousandth hit yesterday or a couple days ago against the Pirates. So shout out to Chris B there. Going to the NL Central, you got this is shocking. Shocking. Um, I'm going to make the, that is a base hit. I'm going to make the reference here. If you're a baseball movie fan and you've seen 42, um, and you look at the NL Central standings, your first thought is going to be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, Yeah, 
because the Pittsburgh Pirates are leading the NL Central. 21-17, two-game skid. Brewers are sitting behind them at 20-17 and 17 on a five-and-a-half game, or five, or half a game back. Good God, I can't talk today. Um, they're on a two-game skid, and this is where shit gets interesting in the NL Central because everybody knows that the NL Central is not the most competitive division. The Cubs are sitting at 18-19, two-and-a-half back. They're on a one-game win streak. They got a win last night. Reds, um, four and a half back. The Cardinals are sitting all the way at the bottom as they were one of the top teams in the division last year. But here's the thing. The NL Central has been on such a streaky year. Like last week, the Cubs and the Marlins, if the Cubs got a win, which it went down to a 14-inning game, and I watched all 14 innings, you best believe you're bippy butt. I did. But going to the NL Central last week, if you won a game in the NL Central, you were hot. The NL Central has just been skid after skid after skid. Teams are losing. They're swapping left and right. So, I mean, if you're looking for a division to see who ends up on top that's uncompetitive but still competitive, the NL Central is what you got. Because, I mean, it has been... For some, it's just been a dogfight to win a game. I mean, it's it's been tough. Some teams have just not been able to win a game. So... The Cubs are doing good this year. We're on a roll. You can see the W flag behind me. Um, the Cubs have also brought up a lot of good young talent um, and a new catcher, Amaya. Miguel Amaya has been tearing it up, especially behind the plate. Young Gomes is back now, but um, he homered as well. Patrick Wisdom tearing it up with the home runs. He had another one the other night. And then now it's just it's getting down to the fun part of baseball is where where are teams going to end up, and especially how is that going to work out? Well, we'll hop to the Cubs over here because they've had a lot of draft, or they've had a lot of guys go come up. Patrick Wisdom, home runs on the year. He's at 12. Nico Horner with a leading 303 on, or batting average as well. But, I mean, still, the young talent of this Cubs team, they just got Christopher Morale back. That ball is crushed and gone by Wander Franco, and we just won the East Showdown. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We did. So, but if you're looking at the Cubs right now, Christopher or Morell just came back, which is great because Christopher Morell has just been been good for the Cubs when we needed him. Cody Bellinger hitting great in the last few weeks, um, and then you've got um, can't think of it now. There's so many young guys on this team. So many young guys on this team. I gotta go. I gotta go to it. Gotta go to it. Gotta go to the lineup. Give me a box score. Went to the wrong thing. Need a box score. Need a box score. Working on it. Mick Mervis or Matt Mervis. He may be hitting one one ninety, but don't count him out. The man has been clutch for the Cubs. In his first couple of at-bats, he's had a lot of good clutch RBIs. So far out the season, he's got two. But Matt Mervis was pulled up, and he's been been very, very good for the Cubs. He's been a guy that they have needed. He's been, um, he's been very, very fun to watch play. I mean, the Cubs with this young of a lineup and the the moves that they made to be able to get Dansby Swanson, Trey Mancini, get a couple of catchers as well, and Jan Gomes and Barnhart, um, getting. Eric Hosmer, I mean, the Cubs made moves, and it's been it's been paying off. Now, all they need to do is just get a bullpen to finish it out, and I think we'll be all right. So, 
with that, I mean, it. looking at the Cubs lineup this year, it's definitely deadly. It's going to be fun. Also, the Cubs have had a fantastic pitcher on the hump when it comes to steal. I mean, it's just, it's been insane. Cubs starters have been working their absolute butts off. I'll pull up the stats here from Steele here as I can get it. So, Justin Steele, one of the top leaders in the RA, 6-0 on the year. And, of course, as I say, this shit might go south. I freaking hope not. 1.8 ERA. His whip is a 1.3, 39 Ks. I mean, this is this is great. Great numbers as a Cubs fan. I love seeing this. Pitching has not, excuse me, pitching has not been our strong suit for the last couple of years. Well, pitching is now getting into a strong suit because the Cubs rotation is definitely interesting. Drew Smiley up there, he's been pitching very well. Marcus Stroman as well, James Talon. So, I mean, the Cubs have the ability to win that. Just need to build a little bit of a bullpen around them. And and we're going we're gonna to possibly take off. But we're going to open up some packs here when it comes to... No, I don't want to play online. When it comes to MLB The Show, and we'll just get a little bit of this. Also, if you guys are interested, because I know some of you guys are music fans, and I know some of you guys are some hard rock fans on the podcast. If you're looking to go see a fun concert, I wouldn't know. I've never seen him, but I bet it's fun. Rob Zombie Concerts. Concert tickets right now, $25 this week. Um, Hopefully, they're still on for that deal. JC sent me that text the other day. It was actually yesterday, but it looks like for September 2nd, which is a Saturday, Rob Zombie tickets so far are only 25 bucks a piece. So go hop on that. Go get those if you want to go see Rob Zombie because there's that'd be fun. only reason I really can't get tickets is because that's potentially during elk season, so i got to make sure my schedule's clear. Otherwise, if you guys are interested, go check out some Rob Zombie. If you're looking for some new country music to listen to, Kit Moore's full Damn Love album came out about a week ago. Um, definitely a very good album to listen to. I love Kit Moore. I think he's a very underrated country artist, and I think he's... I saw him back in... What was it, like 20... It was definitely... I was still in high school. No, I came back from college. It was my freshman year of college. So back in 20, when was that? 2014? No, not 2014. Wow. Uh, 2017, I came back, saw him for the Washington County Fair. Or, yeah, it was 2014 or 15. Shit. Math is hard. 2018 or 17. I came back, saw him for the Washington County Fair. Definitely a very fun concert to go to. Um, if you're also looking for just some good music, Kit Moore's Dan Love album was one of my favorite, or Kit Moore's Damn Love Song is one of my favorite songs to listen to as well, but also just a fun, very fun album to listen to. So if you're looking for something like that, go give it a listen. Go give it a check. So should we take, oh, that's a closing pitcher. Let's take Brandon Lau. We'll take him. I don't think we need to add him to the lineup just yet. Oh, no. We have a second. Oh, that's second base. Okay. Well, that'll be good. Um, oh, we have another captain's pack to open. Let's check this out here. I think we're going to take a Chris Sale action here. We're going to add him to the rotation. Who do we want to replace? 
we'll hop out center guard. Oh no, my controller battery is low. Well, we might try to play might try to play a game of the show tonight. We'll see how we do. We'll see where we're at on this here. But we got some more more stuff to go through. Actually, I really don't I'm not entirely sure what else we we really want to go through here. I mean, we've got Oh, we're taking Sandy Alcantara big time. We're taking Alcantara and we're going to replace Musgrove. But I mean Turkey season's done in Iowa. If you guys are big turkey hunters, we'll go play. We'll go play a game here. We'll play a competitive game online here. See if we see what we can do. We're 14 and 14 on the year. I'm bouncing around when it comes to topics. We're about 48 minutes in here. But if you're looking if you're looking for some fun, go turkey hunt in Iowa cuz it is fun. Turkey season is ending up winding down, so you can't really do it much this or this year cuz the last day I believe is on Sunday. It's going to be on May 14th. So if you're going to go Mother's Day hunting, if you're, yeah, if you're going to go Mother's Day hunting, go have fun. Anybody that's turkey hunting and that's had a lot of success, go check it out. Um, send us some pictures if you guys are listening to the podcast. You can find us on Instagram. We're there. But also, um, it's just a very fun time. I was actually able to kill a turkey this this year. Um, my boss was able to help me get it done. We ended up reaping one with a shotgun, which was super, super enjoyable. Highly recommend trying to do some reaping. So if you guys are looking for a lot of fun activities, go check out some turkey hunting. But other than that, guys, I really don't I don't got much. We'll try to talk as this as this thing goes. We're getting started with a game here. We'll see how we do. As we're facing Brandon Webb. I've got Alan Contra on the mound. That's my first time using him. We got some guys here ready to go. <clears throat> But, I mean, it's just, it's been a fun year so far. And, guys, think about this. June is right around the corner. We're already in the middle of May. This year has flown by so damn fast. Oh, he's got Bayer 700 Club. That's not good. Oh, and he's got Matt Chapman at the end. Good Lord, this guy has been grinding. I have not been grinding that much of the show. I've been trying. I've been playing online games. I probably should be grinding. That's where I should be taking the chances to to do podcasts like this and Take some grinding of the show. But, folks, we're already getting into summer. It's a great time of year. Oh, this is taking forever to load in. It's a great time of year. It's going to be time for everybody to get get out and about in the sun. If you guys are big fishermen, I like to fish. I'm not the biggest fisherman. I definitely like to fish. But I haven't done it a lot since my grandpa ended up passing away. A few years back, and he had a pond in Glenwood, Iowa, um, where they lived when him and my grandma moved. We ended up going fishing a couple of times a week when he was still able to do so. So, I mean, if you like to fish, go do it because the hogs are getting ready to really start biting here. Spawning season should be just about up, and so we should definitely go enjoy some fishing while we can, but also go enjoy some summer concerts. The Iowa State Fair should be a couple of good concerts as well. I believe Eric Church is coming to the to the Iowa State Fair. So if you guys are big Eric Church fans, I love Eric Church's music. Definitely going to um I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get tickets. Ricky Henderson, that ball. Oh. Uh oh, is that ball gone? No, it's at the track. Okay. Damn, I thought I hit a home run in the first first inning again. But no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year. When it comes to the summer, to the summertime, I've got a lot of weddings to go to. That's the 
why am I swinging at that? That's also the biggest thing. My summer is packed of weddings. I think I've got like five weddings potentially to go to. Uh, Two of my college roommates are getting married this summer, and then one of my cousins is getting married as well. So I've got two two July weddings that I'm going to, one September wedding. So I got three. Um, Got invited to another one. We'll see what the schedule looks like to whether or not we go, but we're trying to just get through and go through wedding season. I got a bachelor party coming up in June. That should definitely be a fun time. Um, bachelor party for my college roommate's wedding is coming up in June, so that'll be absolutely excellent. We're going to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Have, oh, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Get back. Get back. Oh, my gosh. Go, 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 go. Nope, get back. That should have been a run scored. Holy shit. So, for those of you who do not know what just happened, the pitcher, or this kid, threw a ball at my dome. It bounced off the backstop, and it bounced off hard. It's a short backstop. So, I've got Bryce Harper at second base with 69 speed. So, I started sending him. It looked like he was going to get caught. And I was going to get thrown out of third. Well, I started sending him back. It went to the pitcher, and the pitcher over, or the dude's pitcher overthrew it. So, and we didn't go anywhere. And that should have been a run scored. Instead, Paul Goldschmidt's going to pop out. Wonderful. That's going to end the inning. So, but yeah, it's wedding season, baby. Wedding season is always such a fun time of year. If you guys are not like wedding people, I feel really bad for you guys. I should have kept that rolling for that, but it's all right. We'll shut the camera down. We'll focus on trying to play the game here. But no, if you guys are not wedding people, like that's tough. Because what do you do? Like, I mean, everybody's going to have family weddings to go to and friends weddings, but it's like if you don't enjoy weddings, like what the hell? Weddings are such a fun Fun thing to go to. The receptions are great. Like, the ceremonies are always, what's it going to be like, depending on um, where you stand religiously. Like, what are the weddings going to be like? Like, do you have um, Catholic ceremonies? Like, do you have um, a Jewish wedding? Like, all those other weddings that are there with cultures that I am probably definitely, quote-unquote, forgetting, which I'm not trying to forget, but there's a lot of cultures out there with weddings. Um, But if you guys are... If you guys don't enjoy seeing, like, the different cultures and how they work, um, just seeing different wedding venues and everything, but also spending time with a lot of family and friends, like, that's the best part about the weddings, is usually when you go to family weddings, you see a lot of the aunts and uncles that you may not see throughout the year as much, or you may see the, oh, that's overthrown, damn it, that should have been no. But you see all the the people that you don't usually get to see, like old friends, um, old college roommates that I haven't seen in a while, Stuff like that. I mean, it's wedding season is such a great time of year. So, if you guys are not wedding people, then what are you doing? Because wedding season is always so much fun. I thoroughly enjoy wedding season, and I thoroughly enjoy just going. And yes, I will say, if you're if you're of age, drink responsibly. But I definitely love going and just getting sloshed with your buddies and friends at a wedding. Because my cousin's wedding which was one of the last ones that I went to, was an absolute just, it was a fun time. I mean, the family was getting after it. So, also I will say that, if you have families that love to party, weddings are your thing. That is what you guys live for. So, 
That's my family. That's how we do. We thoroughly enjoy the party. We thoroughly enjoy just spending time with one another. Um, that's a little bit about my life that probably no one really wanted to know or needed to know, but there you go. You found it. And also, we are drinking. Drinking's a bush light. Why is this dude running right now in that count? Probably. Because he knew I was going to throw a change up. But we are drinking a couple of good old bush lattes. Nick is going home for the weekend. We got grad party season as well. So we're going to have some bush lattes with the family at home this weekend as well. See an old buddy. I've got a uh, buddy who does film in Los Angeles, and he's coming back. So that should be super, super fun to see him. I haven't seen him for a while. Um, I haven't seen him for a couple of years, actually. So that'll be really good to see Salvador Perez up to the dish. That ball is cranked but fouled. Damn it, I was on, I was early. Oh, If anybody knows the struggles of MLB The Show timing, it's real. And why am I swinging at that? It's so... Oh, I hate it. It's like sometimes you look at it and it's like, okay, if you were a good hitter in real life, then how do you suck at a video game? But... Sometimes I understand why, because in some cases I wasn't the best hitter in real life, so it's okay. But, speaking of that, <laughs> I broke the cleats in the bat out tonight. Um, was talking to a buddy that I have at the gym, helping out his kid a little bit, and he was throwing me some BP, and boy, the swing feels rusty. Like, I mean, it's rusty. Ground ball form, rusty. Pitching. Not bad. Arm. Uh, definitely going to be sore tomorrow. For anybody that's a former athlete, especially baseball, if you haven't thrown for a hot friggin' minute, I guarantee you the next day you're going to feel it, and I am guarantee you I'm going to feel my arm go numb tomorrow. So we might have to take some Advil and see how that goes. But it should it should be interesting to see. But it was fun definitely to get back on the diamond, being two years removed from college. And speaking of that, the American Rivers Conference Tournament started today. That ball is going to be caught in the gap. That's a quick inning for Nick. The American Rivers Conference Tournament started today. BV ends up picking up a win, 5-0 in round one. They won the conference outright this year. And so that is huge for Steve Eady and the Beavers. They've had a very, very young team this year. But still, they've been picking it up. They've had a bunch, or they had a few seniors um, that I played with back in the day that are definitely good, uh, good leaders good team guys, and also very, very good hitters as well. So BV Baseball getting it done, winning it for the second straight season outright for the American Rivers Conference, and then now going into the tournament, winning game one. So more games this weekend in Cedar Rapids for BVU fans that are out there or anybody that's a fan of the podcast that loves college baseball in the Cedar Rapids area, go check it out. They're playing at Mount, uh, I believe it's Mount Mercy, or yeah, something like that. The second college at Co, or next to Co, the field there. I'm sorry, I'm really bad with it, and I don't have the American Rivers Conference schedule pulled up. But BBU and the Beavers, Stevie, shout out to you guys for getting the conference win outright this year, as well as just getting the job done in game one tonight. So, with that, folks, we've reached an hour. We're there. And it's closing in on the midnight hour. We're closing in at the bottom of the second inning here. 
on MLB The Show. But I think that's going to be all for tonight. Pretty much went through everything that I talked about. We don't have a lot of controversial topics coming in. Um, we don't got a lot of really anything kind of going on that's that's different when it comes to the podcast. I mean, we're still doing our same old, same old, trying to make sure JC gets on, trying to make sure I get on, trying to make sure we bring an episode to you guys at least when we can if our schedules aren't too busy. I know we missed last week as well. I told JC he was going to go solo last week. His schedule ended up getting busy, and that's the bad thing too is Right now, he's broadcasting when it comes to soccer and baseball. He's doing that stuff, so his schedule is definitely very busy. I'm coming out of the end of hunting season um, and hopping into just the summer, so my schedule should definitely be starting to clear up, um, and we should be able to get podcasts out to you hopefully every week if we got to go solo for one, if we got to, and if we bring on a guest, which also let us know if you guys want us to bring on more guests this summer. I mean, that should be definitely fun for us if we can try to get that to happen. Um, so we're looking to just bring the podcast to you guys because we love you guys and we hope that you guys love the podcast. I mean, it's definitely one of those where we talk sports a lot more often than we think we do um, because at the beginning when JC, I shouldn't have swung at that curveball. When JC was talking about starting this podcast, he said he wanted to make it an everything podcast, which we still do. We talk about a lot of everything, but we, we mainly love talking about sports because both of us are huge sports guys. Um, pretty much in our blood, we were both broadcasters, big sports fans growing up. So, I mean, that's what we definitely like to talk about more. And especially when there's two of us on here, it makes a lot more fun for the going back and forth on topics. If you guys see some trends, let us know on Instagram. But hopefully you guys are following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, and TikTok as well. So, The Covert Show is on all social media platforms. If you guys want to email us for an interview, it's at thecovertshow at gmail.com. So, there you guys go. That's pretty much all we got. Make sure you guys are enjoying your weekends. I'm getting eaten alive by this change up here, folks. It's not good. Brandon Webb is carving my ass. So, we took that one. It's okay. It was a curveball in the dirt. But, guys, hopefully you enjoyed episode number 61 of the Covert Show, and we hope that you guys have a great weekend ahead of you guys. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Mothers, grandmothers, mother-in-laws. Pretty much anybody that's a mom, happy Mother's Day. You guys have earned a lot of credit, and you guys have also earned a lot of respect. Also, you guys have put up with a lot of hardship raising us kids. So shout out to JC's mom and shout out to my mom as well on the podcast because both of you guys put up with a lot when it comes to the two of us, especially my mother. She puts up with a lot, and she's going to put up with a lot this weekend. So hopefully you guys enjoy spending the day with your folks with your moms and everything like that but also just have a great weekend it's hopefully the weather's nice where you are i can't hit right now but hopefully you guys enjoy the weekend enjoy the weather if it's going to be nice make the best of it and we will definitely see you all next time have an awesome weekend